this is Kara Foster, Senior Minister of First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ in Madisonville, Kentucky. You're listening to our sermon podcast. You can connect with us at firstchristianmadisonville.org or join us in person at 8.30 and 11 a.m. at 10.30 College Drive in beautiful Madisonville, Kentucky. I hope you'll subscribe. Thanks. So when I was working as a hospital chaplain, I seemed to have two extremes in my day every day. One is that I made a lot of chit-chat conversations with all kinds of people. I talked about the weather, I talked about the food in the hospital, how good or bad it was that day. In Lexington, I talked about how the Kentucky football was always losing. In Nashville, I talked about Vanderbilt football always losing. Lots and lots of small talk. But the other extreme in my work as a chaplain, and this one surprised me a bit, was how, just how deep the conversations went. Some real pull the curtain back kind of heart to heart conversations with me, a stranger to them. People would want to talk share things, get things off their chest. You know, I think there's something about being in a hospital, no matter what you're in there for, that makes you think about your own life, your own mortality. And people regularly ask me, will God forgive me? How do I know that God forgives me? In fact, I still remember a conversation with one man in particular, and it almost didn't matter what I tried to say to him. He kept not being confident with my answer. How do I know God has forgiven me? How do I know? How can I forgive myself? Of all the prayers that I have lifted up over the past few weeks, I've talked about prayers of thanksgiving and prayers of praise. I've talked about prayers of trust and God's assurance. But today we're all gonna have to buckle up because we're going into the deep end of the pool. Prayers of repentance. This is a prayer for anyone who has messed up and they know it. For anyone who knows that they have chosen the wrong path and desperately wish they could make it right. And it's from Psalm 51, and I'm going to read the first 12 verses today. But before I read that, I want to mention about this psalm. You'll notice that it's all first person. It's me, it's I, first person. There's no one talking about God or for God in this. And in your Bibles, you probably have a little, uh, a little note before the psalm. Amon said, to the leader, a psalm of David, when the prophet Nathan came to him after he had gone into Bathsheba. Now, I'll remind you about that whole messy saga between King David and Bathsheba in a little bit. But first... I want you to hear his prayer of repentance that he prayed. Psalm 51, I'm going to read 12 verses. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you alone, have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you are justified in your sentence and blameless when you pass judgment. Indeed, I was born guilty, a sinner when my mother conceived me. 
You desire truth in the inward being. Therefore, teach me wisdom in my secret heart. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins, and blot out my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and sustain in me a willing spirit. It is a prayer of repentance, spoken by one of Israel's most important kings, King David, the shepherd boy who would be king. During his reign, Israel grew in wealth and strength and power and size. They conquered armies left and right. David had it all. And many of our psalms are attributed to David. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. David knew what it was to be a shepherd. He'd been a shepherd. So the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Psalm 8. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have displayed your splendor above the heavens. What faith in God David had. He had lived, he had seen it. How majestic is your name in all the earth, God. But this one is different, isn't it? Gone is that brash David full of faith and joy in God. He's broken. Now, if you know his story, you know quite well that Jerry Springer in his heyday would have loved to have David on his show. Maybe you know the stories from 2 Samuel. We learned this sort of details. King David liked what he saw from another man's wife, Bathsheba. He did what kings do. Now, this is often referred to as an affair. Personally, I, I don't use that word because he was a king. And she probably had no choice in the matter. He did what kings can do. And lo and behold, Bathsheba gets pregnant. David tries one dirty, desperate plot to cover his tracks, and it doesn't work. So he goes even lower. You know, it really is true what your mother tells you, that if you tell one lie, you only have to tell more lies to cover up the one lie you told. It's true, and we see it here in the story his little desperate plot to cover up his tracks doesn't work, so he digs a deeper hole. And this time he has his commander send Bathsheba's husband directly to the front lines, where he and his men are most certainly killed. And David waits a nice hot minute for propriety's sake before he makes Bathsheba one of his wives, and he thinks, good, nobody knows. But somebody and as the scripture says, there's a very painful line. It says, the thing David did had done, the, wait, sorry. The, I was speaking Kentucky there for a second. The thing David had done displeased the Lord. You see, God saw what David did. God knew the betrayals and the lies that he had told. God knew. And there are repercussions for our actions, right? The lies, the secrets, the betrayal, you know, I've heard it said before, and I've always remembered this line, that we are as sick as our secrets. 
And David is pretty sick because he had a lot of secrets. He was living with the shame of what he'd done, and he felt this distance between himself and God. And he knows what God wants. In fact, in verse 6, he says, You desire truth in the inward being. Therefore, teach me wisdom in my secret heart. The truth is, it only, it only started to change for David after he was confronted by one of God's prophets, Prophet Nathan, shining a light on all of what David had done. And David began to want to confess. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have crushed rejoice. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain in me a willing spirit. That's the thing, the lightness of his faith, the joy in his life. It was like a light had gone out. He'd been carrying around this two-ton weight on his shoulders, shame, regret. You know how often, you know, often when I come into my house, and I do mean often, regularly I would say, I walk into my house and I know within the first few moments that our dog, Junior, has done something he shouldn't. Because instead of getting running to greet us with a waggy tail and happy, he just lays there on the couch like the loaf of bread he ate has made him ill. But he's not, he's fine. And he will slowly get down and then he will slowly walk over to you with his tail between his legs. And he doesn't want to look you in the eye. He holds his head down in shape. He always reveals the truth of how he's feeling before we even find the evidence. Monday, it was a whole bag of cat treats. Thursday, it was a full loaf of bread. <laughs> Junior's doing just fine at our house. We're looking forward to that pet blessing. But let me tell you, the thing is, I happen to think maybe we humans are just a tiny bit better at hiding how we're feeling, maybe just a little bit better. But I think that's how David felt. It wasn't that God had left him. He had left God. He was trying to hide the way he was feeling, divert his eyes from the truth of his life, and he feels it. And now with this song, he is finally, finally coming clean. No more hiding. In fact, I've told you about this years ago before. Um, there was a man in my church that had once served time for stealing from his employment. And uh, he shared with me the whole hard, ugly story of that time in his life. And the thing that I remember about that story is that he told me on the day police officers showed up at his house, the first thing he felt was relief. No more hiding. No more secrets. It was over. And in his prayer, David begs God to start again. To wipe the slate clean. I need you, God, to help me do this. Wash me. I need you. And let me tell you, in this modern American society, where we tell ourselves you got to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, that you don't need anybody. In our self-help, book-loving, Pinterest, social media lives, we are all trying to have. I find it radical what he is saying here. I messed up, God, and I need you. 
I messed up. I need you. He's repenting. It's not a word we talk about too much these days, to repent. Metanoia in Greek, you can actually hear the roots of that word in our word metamorphosis, to change. But it doesn't mean to just say, I'm sorry. When we repent, it's not just saying, I'm sorry, God. It's more than that, really. It means to go in a new direction, to blaze a new trail, to turn towards the one who's always turning towards us. David names it. It's you alone I have sinned against. You know, in talking about these different prayers, I've mentioned that in prayer we're supposed to bring the good, bad, and the ugly to God. Well, this is the ugly. He knows that he has done wrong. Created me a clean heart, O God. Put a new and right spirit within me. He names his hard, ugly truth. I have sinned. And words like that are important. He says, I have sinned against you, God. Words have power, don't they? We know this. If you ever know the moment of saying or even hearing someone say to you, I am sorry I hurt you. I forgive you. I love you. And there's nothing that will ever change that. Words are so important. And there's no time for wasting. You know this. And maybe it's just the chaplain in me talking to you this morning. But I tend to think that we always tell ourselves, I can do that tomorrow. I've got more time. More time to make it right. More time to come to terms with that mistake. Or more time to recognize the, the impact of our actions. But don't wait. Don't wait. Don't spend your precious days carrying around the weight of your shoulders. Will God hear my plea? Will God forgive me? God forgive me. Even when I can't forgive myself, does God forgive me? You know, I want to remind you of something. It's from the Gospel of Luke. He tells us that Jesus was crucified with two criminals on either side of him. And do you know the first thing that Jesus said after he was crucified? Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. He was forgiving the people who were nailing him to the cross. He was forgiving people before they even dared ask for forgiveness. That's how he was. That's how God is. A Savior who lived and died with his arms wide open to us. Who lives and dies arms wide open to you. It's who God is. Let's pray. Holy God, we confess that it is so hard face our mistakes, our regrets, our shame, our sin. In words we have said to hurt and wound others, in things we have done, and in things we have left undone. So we ask for courage to trust in your goodness, to repent and to go on a new path in the light of your love. Create in us a clean heart, O oh God. 
and put a new and right spirit within us. Amen.